right, welcome everybody. It is episode 57 of Hot Take from the Kitchen. We are recording on a Sunday, a little different since we have something going on tomorrow. And our guest tonight is Stacy Van Orman. He's come and talk about his board game and probably most likely some other things that Steve will geek out about. Stacy's here to talk me out of buying any more camera equipment. That's what he's here for. I would never do that. He's got one job, one job. It's, he instantly will become my wife's favorite person if he's successful with it. I'm surprised Allison's not sitting there. Yeah, she was. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I needed to know what a miserable experience it is, and then I'm, I mean, because I'm always miserable now. So I mean, like in that realm. So are you collecting cameras? Or are you looking? For no, I'm ones? not. Well, we'll get into it here a little bit more. So. Um, but I mean, I'm always, I think the next thing I need, I mean, I gotta get lighting. Yeah. I gotta get lighting and, um, everything I've done, everything I'm doing is entry level, which I'm perfectly fine with because it's so much a notch of, as you know, I mean, like for a person that pretty much has always shot his iPhone going up to anything that, you know, like a dedicated camera to shoot video, um, you know, even got a little, you know, a couple different mics and stuff like that. You know, when you start doing stuff, I mean, I'm preaching to the choir here. So, but um, the one thing I don't have is, is, you know, a dedicated light slash system, you know, whether that's a key light, backlight, catch light, all that fun stuff. So, like, well, most people, they, they overdo it and they, they overthink it and they think, oh, we have to have all these lights. And really, you don't. The cameras today pick up such amazing lighting. Yeah. Like low lighting, it films so good. So, really, the only thing you really need are fill lights. And fill lights can be so small and so cheap and lightweight. Yeah. Um, there's a huge difference between five years ago. Yeah. And really, it, everything I've learned, you know, because everything's just, kind of hanging out on YouTube and figuring stuff out. It really seems like more than anything, I have to kind of figure out what I want to do, yep. you know, and if that's just, for example, like corporate interviews, then yeah, I probably need to look at the lighting that would suit that because you're talking about, but if I'm just shooting outdoors, I, you know, I don't need to, how often are going to need a light outdoors? I mean, I might as well just take a little LED light, slap it on top of my camera for 20 bucks. I mean, because they make a ton of those, as you know. So, I mean, like I just, yeah, it's it's been a process, and um, I'm always the same thing. I always am. I, I there's too much information out there, and then I do that. Then you know I overanalyze it, and then I become stupid because I know so much, and then you know, um, yeah, yeah. Like I said, it, it's it's 99 percent of the time it is uh, overthought and overbought. Yeah. And then in the end, when you end up you know using the equipment, you realize man, I only need it this yeah. and, and uh, so really just talk to somebody who's been doing a long time figure out you know what you actually need and it'll save yourself from buying 20 things to realize that you only needed the last thing you bought yeah yeah a hundred percent and i've really what i've gone back forth between doing this is so off topic so this is two openings in a row we've been really off topic but um well, at least so, this one wasn't catastrophic and that last week was tough. i mean the, <laughs> the best thing about last week was though is by far our worst opening we've ever had in many eyes and some people we've had complaints about it yeah, which was yeah. fair I, I mean it was much better right well that's what i'm saying i think some people loved it other people disliked it that's fine um we, there's a couple of things going on here one you and i have a definite rhythm by now and i think people have grown to appreciate that rhythm um we've never really gone off 
off the rails like that before, and that's <coughs> fine too. I mean, we recovered from it though. We did, yeah. So we I mean, we had one of our better episodes. Yeah, and I think the only thing we missed was um, trivia. Yeah, that was the only thing we missed. Yeah, which I didn't have a question picked out. Either. Yeah, so it was and but I don't other than yeah. picked out yet either. Yeah. So, but um, anyways, to go back to finish, I thought we'll circle back around later. <coughs> I'm debating whether I do. I just buy two cheap lights, like a two pack for like. 170 bucks because they're out there, right? Stand mm-hmm. lights and everything. Or do I buy one really nice light? And you buy two LED small pack, compact yeah. lights, two small ones that you can just fill with and it'll suit you 99%. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And um, You're always going to need the second one. I, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, it'll always be one more that you don't have. Right. So. Yeah, and that's kind of where I'm at. Like, And then if I ever got to the point where I kind of keep growing for lack of a better term, mm-hmm. then I always go out and buy, yeah, buy more. Yeah, sure. So. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm certainly not penciling myself in. The, the main thing I've kind of gotten down to is I've realized how much nicer it is to have this second, like a dedicated camera to do it. And I mean, my wife, will, she doesn't listen to this, so thank God. But um, I really thought about getting another camera. Like I always, I bought this camera with the idea in mind that it would always be my second camera mm-hmm. because what I, I always won cameras are so expensive as you know. Yep. So, and I would just, I'm still not in the position to buy it, like whatever I go with, but I'm starting to get a lot more serious about really starting to kind of narrow down about like three different ones. And like, yeah. DSLR, are you looking, is, is that what you're looking I think for? I still want to stick mirrorless kind of, believe it or not, right. you know? I'm, well, they make mirrors. Well, make yeah. I mean, like whether I go like, you know, an A7 III, which a lot of guys around here use, you know, like, or I like that EOS R. I'm just yes, that Canon. Oh, the Canon. Yes, okay. It's just absolutely. I don't think I've ever used that. One. That can that camera is. I think that's the camera right now. What I mean, D. It's like it's the one kind of like everyone seems to be using out there, especially like YouTube world and stuff mm-hmm. like that, which is kind of more where I'm at. I'm not really like to full fledged production stuff. Like, I mean, you've done some amazing work. Zach's done some Thanks. you know great stuff. And oh yeah. That's all like. I mean, that's way beyond anything I think I'd ever want to do. So. I, I think if you had had your price range and you figure out kind of what you li- literally are going to spend, not yeah. not you know what your main goal is, I think the most important thing is to, besides looking at reviews, go online and then look at what the raw footage looks like. You know, the color palettes are so important because you know you'll see you'll you'll see one camera, <clears> two cameras, the same price range. You think they're the same, but when you look at the raw footage, you'd be like. This one is so beautiful. Yeah. And then this one just, it's so yeah. flat, which means you're going to have to color correct it. And then you're just adding more steps. You know, yeah. I have a couple cameras right out of the box. When you shoot, you don't have to touch it. It just looks great. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, spend a little time doing that. And you'll yeah. Have a- yeah. And of course the problem is, is I, I have a Lumix now. So I feel like I kind of want to shoot everything on the same, just to make my life easier lenses mm-hmm. and all that stuff that goes down the road. So kind of feel like a GH5 would be the easiest thing to do, but I'm still not, I'm just not a fan of GH5. So that's my, that's where I'm at. But anyways, let's continue with our intro. I'm sorry. I don't know. That's fine. Yeah. All right. Uh, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram. Just search hot take from the kitchen. And our email address is hottakefromthekitchen at gmail.com. It is H-O-T-T-A-K-E-F-R-O-M-T-H-E-K-I-T-C-H-E-N at gmail.com. And there is no new emails this week. So I guess we'll move on to the hot takes. And I guess the first hot take is the numerals. 
opened in town. I don't know if it opened. Yeah. It was presented to the community on Friday. It's actually really nice. I like it. It's cool. I'm very excited to see our community continue to embrace art yep. in whatever form that is. I would hope for a long-term scope. I mean, we've had some pretty cool um, sculptures slash statues mm -hmm. around town. We've got a couple paintings now. I would like to continue to further develop what art means overall. And I hate to see us just continue to pour money into paying sides of buildings when there's could be other things that could be done, whether it be like a, like a structural piece of art or, you know, just that's, that's my, but I love, and I, I think it's awesome. Don't ever think it's not, I don't, I don't want to sound like I'm not. I just, yeah. I have a question. Yeah, I'm in. So if money wasn't a factor, we're not deciding over where the money's coming from. Let's just say that's that's a non-issue. Yeah. Um, so would you rather prefer that uh, the buildings with kind of blank concrete or, or old brick sides stay like that? Or would you like to see uh, more and more being done across town like that look? Well, what, what I wouldn't want to see is downtown to have like you can do too much right sure of course you can. right of course, so yeah. i hate to see it done too much there are some really cool historical buildings in town yeah, and i would never ever want to take away from some of that stuff and i know you i mean you, you do so much i know you know what I mean with that so like <laughs> i would never want to get away. but yeah there are some buildings where you're just like man can they do something with that <laughs> you know and even allison's dad talks about different ideas and opportunities that the city is looking at that want to like you know um we'll just I, I think i'm gonna say it and if i get in trouble then i get in trouble like things like power boxes around town like giant just like ugly blank gray in the way things they're working on you know work making it pretty or mm -hmm. just just figure out ways to not look at like this just gross things so you know there are different ways they're trying to do that and that's cool so yeah what do you think i mean oh um yeah I, i'm in i'm in i'm on the boat uh with you i think that um the community wouldn't wouldn't put up with uh the the older buildings the you know the history being messed with in town of course no one no one would but i you know some of the other buildings that are just you know they're fairly new but they're just kind of bland in there you know a little art splash here and there isn't gonna hurt anybody and plus it, it, it separates a little bit from other towns so or other cities so yeah. uh, i'm all for it as long as it isn't overdone and you don't take away from the historical uh, you know side of town yeah um i remember allison's um, brother graduated back in june may june um from his college and he went to do a lot of online courses but it was a University in Kansas, and when they went to go see Aaron graduate, they went to this town. In this town, they did a walking tour, and you went to this place. You picked up a pamphlet, and then they gave you a map, and it was a, the number of destinations around town. You didn't have to go in the order, but once you got to, let's say, the center building, right? When you got to the center building, there was a plaque on the center building. It said, this building is from blah, 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 blah. It from, was built blah, 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 blah. It used to do blah, 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 blah. And I know that, I, and I know Allison, that was, and Allison both said, this is really cool. It'd be something cool to see in Alpena, kind of like all these different things. Like, hey, 
you know, come check this, this, and this out, you know, whether, you know, and you can start like, Hey, we got a new mural at family enterprises down there, go back over there and then check out, um, you know, city halls, a historical building through there. And then, you know, and have these things to kind of fill in our, our town's so walkable, especially our downtown, you know? And, uh, I just thought that was a really sweet idea. No, that that's really good. I, I know a lot of tourists walk around town and I mean, we're downtown a lot, you know, and, and especially when, when the town's packed, and, you know, they're always looking, they're always pointing, they're always like, you know, I wonder what that was. I wonder what this is. You know, um, that would be a really interesting idea to throw around. Yeah. I don't think it'd be that hard to, you know, organize. I think you just have to certain people in charge of it and a lot of fact checking. Yeah. But um, yeah, yeah. Good, great idea. Yeah. What do you think, Greg? I think that's a great idea. <laughs> I'm glad you brought it up. <laughs> <laughs> It would bring people to town. Yeah. Do you want me to do another hot take? I want me to do the hot take you don't want to do. Shootings? Yes. Yeah. I, I was going to bring it up. Uh, we could talk. I mean, what's the We didn't never get to, just so you know, we didn't ever get too deep in politics on here. Yeah, sure. Um, although we've dabbled in it. Yes. Yes. And sometimes we full-fledged dive in it, which is okay. Um, but for the most part, we like to stay away from it. I think that's a fair. Yes. Um, Long story short, though, uh, man, what a tough weekend for America, huh? Less than 24 hours. Yes. What I think was interesting is when I left for concert in the park last night, I got there. And that just showed you how weird or sad or twisted or whatever it is. But we literally got there and we were just talking about the one. And by the time I got home and opened my phone up to really relax from the evening, I already see that there's a second one that's mm-hmm. in the progress of happening. Yeah, the news stories were overlapping, and the problem was that a lot of people were watching one story, and then they would come back into the room, and they would be watching another story, and they would actually, you know, online you'd see a lot of social media that would be very confusing because you'd be talking about two different shootings, but they're talking about as if it's one <clears throat> because it was so you know, they were so close together. And even though there's one every day and now they're starting to average two a day, um, they said within the next few months, it's going to be averaging two a day with the rate we're going. Yeah. Um, and then a lot of national news isn't covering it anymore. Um, not, they're not, they're not, they're covering them, mm-hmm. but they're only covering the bigger ones. Yeah. And that I think is, is the biggest problem is, is, you know, it's a big hot news topic. They're making some money on it. Um, at the same time, we're becoming so immune to it. We're like, I mean, I literally walk through a room and they're like, oh, shooting. And I don't even, you know, I just keep walking. It doesn't even phase me anymore. It's kind of the whole thing that just really bothers me. It's, I don't know. I'm always for, I mean, I don't think anyone's surprised that I'm always for like, I'm pro Second Amendment, obviously, but I never feel like the solution is more guns. Yeah, so like, and then you always hear that from people like, well, we need to arm more or blah, blah, blah. And I I just never feel like that's not the solution because it's just not going to. And then furthermore, it's no different than like, you know, we've talked a little bit about this, but, you know, a lock on a door only keeps an honest man out. Mm -hmm. So if somebody wants to break in Brad's house when Brad's not home, they're going to get in Brad's house. They they could care less. I mean, that lock's not going to stop somebody Mm -hmm. from Brad's house. So, um, not that I'm encouraging anyone breaking your house, right? But um, I feel like well, I had to do it last week. So. <laughs> <laughs> you created a man, you. Well, it's a good thing is Zachary was with me. I just pushed him through the window. I didn't like it. I wish I would have been here for that. <coughs> um, 
But I feel like, again, that you can kind of see where I'm going with that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, some of these things aren't going to matter because, you know, bad people are bad people, period. And it's just the whole thing's just really wacky and sad. And I think, but something has to be done. And I think, like you said, we've reached a point where there's almost apathy toward it. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, there's another one. And, it's like kind of like eh, just shrug your shoulder and just move on with your day, and that's just not that's not cool at all. I think one of the biggest problems in, in the the gun world. I mean, because you know, part of my job every day is to go through politics, go through news stories. You know, that's li- literally what I have to do. Um, I think the the big problem is no one actually knows the answer. Mm-hmm. They don't know the answer. They're just pitching different sides, whatever suits them. But if you really break that down, um, all the answers aren't an answer. I think we're just missing that. I think once once we do realize what we need to do, I think that they'll it'll snap and people go, "That's that's what we need to do." But you know, you can argue all you, all you want, but if you don't have a realistic answer, more guns is not going to solve it. Taking away everybody's guns obviously isn't solving. There's so many big arguments against that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yeah. I mean, how many how many guns would you say is is too many? How many how many shootings per day is too many for you? One. Okay, so. You know, something needs to be done. Yeah. I mean, Brad and I, and that's the beauty of Brad and I's relationship. There are many things that Brad and I don't align politically. But, man, I tell you, what, when you really get it down in some brass tacks, Brad and I are a lot more on the same page than we ever are apart. And this, this is one of them where we're just like, it's just not even right. Like, um, Yeah, I'm, I'm pro-gun. Um, but at the same time, I, I don't, I'm, I don't want everybody to have one and, 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 you know, I don't think that pouring them into the streets is going to help anything. So, I mean, as much as I am definitely pro gun, I, I think that we need to have very strict regulation on who's able to, you know, have these and, and I, I don't know, but, but that's again, that's not, that's not a solution that would, that, that could be proven is going to work. My thing is. I have no problem with somebody having a gun. It's the guns they have. Mm. You got magazines with 30 bullets in it. What does somebody need that for besides just because they can have it? It just it just seems stupid to me. High capacity magazines, yeah. bump stocks, stuff like that. Yeah. The I bump mean, stocks are kind of absurd. I mean, it's just weird to me. You're right. I mean, the whole thing, like, I mean, Brad Robb, a great point. <laughs> We've just talked in and we made a plan. It's just, it's upsetting, right? I mean, it's just really, I don't know. Um, you know, I, I saw three or four people today, like, man, I really need to get a gun so I can protect myself. And I, the only thing I could think of is, like, if everyone has a gun and we're going to have these guns where there are, we're going to have these areas where people can't bring guns, that's mm-hmm. where the violence is going to happen. And then you're not going to have your gun on you. People, these people that are doing this aren't dumb either. You know, they're smart enough to figure some of this stuff out and plan some of this. So, like, and then it's just, and then what are you going to do? Say, well, you can take gun everywhere. I mean, like, the idea of having a, the idea that you have a teacher that you need to train on how to protect themselves, their class, um, the idea that you even have to, even that we have logically brought up whether teachers should carry a gun in class is absurd. Like, we've reached a point in our society where we're like, hey, Maybe you should back. Like I mean, like you know, it's just like it's crazy. It's really crazy. And um, 
Maybe the problem, and this is just a thought, but maybe the problem isn't about having more guns or less guns or more control on guns, but finding, I mean, obviously the, the shootings are picking up very progressively the last couple of years, is, is finding out why people, I mean, there has to be a reason there's more shootings. And because if you look at all the guns, there's like gun for like every man, woman in the country a couple times over, I think. But there wasn't shootings like this before. Yeah. So maybe it's why, you know. You're older, like I am. And, you know, I know my wife's younger than me, so I don't know if she'll ever remember. But there was a term growing up we used to use, like, going postal. Like, people used to stop going mm-hmm. in the post office and sharing it up or, yeah. you know, and stuff like that. And that was, like, kind of growing up, like, a thing. And it, But it was very rare. Yeah. You know, yeah. and... You're right. Now it's so it's almost become so commonplace, and I think you really are in the right realm of where we are. Need to be having the conversation of like, I think that the reason people are doing it's because it does get attention. It's drawing attention to whatever they feel is wrong, and you know it's their way of feeling like they're significant to what their voice is not being heard, and the and the only way they can reach the significance or get listened to or pay attention to by is doing these horrific acts. And, you know, it's not – those horrific acts aren't just gun violence. There are other things that are going on that are really bad, and it's just – man, it's, it's just really upsetting to me. Yeah, the, 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 the social media, um, as much as people hate, you know, all the – you know, the Facebook right now, which is like the, the – the public umpteen in Congress and a number of times have gotten caught and they're just in trouble again. I think they're going to be back testifying again. It's like, you know, another inquiry. Um, they have been sticking the neck out a little bit. Um, so the media cannot make money uh, on uh, anything with a gun, a shooting, a basically if there's something where it's talking about, you can't show the shooting, you can't uh, even hear gunshots in the background, like this very strict. They do not want people to make money on it or promote it. So they are going a little farther and saying, hey, if you're a news organization, you cannot make money on a shooting. So I, you know, we're in the, we're heading in the right direction. <laughs> I, I, I mean, it, we'll think about it. If every, every news organization was like, no, hey, you know, they're just going to shove it in your face. Yeah. And you remember every time you see it, they're making money. Yeah. We have a friend of ours that is a producer for a large TV station. Um, he wouldn't want me to say Emmy winning, Emmy winning producer, by the way. He was what he would want me to say. But um, long story short, he will be the first to tell you that he doesn't care what he covers. He only covers what his viewers want mm-hmm. because that's what his boss wants. I mean, like, he only puts out, you know, he, he hates hearing how the me is to blame for things. And his whole thing is like, the media only does what society wants it to. It, it's merely giving the people what they want. He goes, if people want to be mad, they should, they should honestly stop and take a look at themselves. You know, they're the ones that are tuning in and watching and sharing and doing all this other stuff, you know, you know, so. And they have the statistics too, you know, if, if they, people say, well, how do the people know what I want to watch? It's because you watched it and they can see that online. They can see that you watched that video, that 20 seconds, 15 seconds, 30 seconds, you know, you watch the full video. So they say, oh, look, it, we had this many people watching this video or read this news article. They stayed on here for so many seconds. So, yeah, you're not telling people, but you are telling people what you want to see. The Alpinian News is a great example of that. You know, two or three months ago, the Alpinian News really took a different tone on the way they covered some stories. And I know, I mean, it was everywhere. People were just out of control about it and they were mad and they felt it was 
it doesn't, to me, in my opinion, and it doesn't matter, but my whole point was is if you're mad and you don't want them to cover this, the last thing you should do is say, share, look at what they're doing here. Because <laughs> that's like the worst thing you could possibly do for that type of story. Yeah. Like it's just reinforcing the fact that, hey, this is working for yeah. them. You know, so. Even commenting, sharing, yeah, like any just, little thing that's a that's a boost to their. Yeah, staying, a bo- just, just keep scrolling, just blow right by it. Or, some people can't do that. I know, and but and that's what they're trying to do, right? I mean, that's the, that's why they're casting that hook out in the water, and you know. So yeah, All I was right. reading the letters to the editor yesterday in the paper, and there was like five of them, and four of them were bitching about the paper. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't like the paper, don't read it. Yeah. You know, it's, I've wrote, I've written three letters to the editor over the past two and a half years, and not once has <laughs> it been published. Well, it's the same people getting published. Yeah, I find that really interesting. Like, I know my letters tend to be long-winded. Like, I know that. I think they will word limit. And maybe that is the case. You do know they will edit the letter if it's too long. But merely my letters, are, like the first, I've, each year, I've written a, a letter to the editor, thank you for celebrating for your purpose. Like, hey, I thank the community. I'm really proud. And then this year, for the 4th of the July, we knew the 4th of July was on a Thursday, right? So there's all this stuff going on Thursday, right? Our town was Thursday, Thursday, Thursday. And I remember getting up Friday morning and I was heading to work and I live right over here by the Neemans and I'm going by Michikubis. And I literally looked to my right and Michikubis was sparkling clean. And I was like, how in the hell did that happen? I mean, there was literally thousands of people in Michikubis watching the fireworks on the 4th of July. And I'm driving to work 8 o'clock in the morning and Michikubis is spotless. Like, Garbage has changed. And, I'm like, and of course, now I asked Alice's dad, just because uh, I saw him that day, I was like, just out of curiosity, did you guys start at night? He's like, no, everyone came in at like four o'clock in the morning because they knew it was a Thursday and then the weekend started. So then we had a holiday, kind of like a makeshift holiday weekend. And then, then they knew that everybody would be in town and they wanted to look good. So I was like, man, that deserves to be recognized. That our city is taking up the time to like put in the effort on all that. And again, it never got. No, it's a, it's a very clean. It's a very clean city. Oh, I mean, honestly, as I go to a lot of different, we travel a lot, and we go into a city and be like, the city's so cool. It's got this, this, and this. It looks like a dump. It, it because it looks like it's dirty. It gives you that dirty feeling, you know, like you're walking into somebody's house that hasn't cleaned in a long time, and you're like, I don't want to touch anything. And that's sad because it doesn't take that much to, um, you know, to fix that problem. It really doesn't. Yeah. And it's just look at our look at up look at up. You know, you walk down this, the downtown. It it looks nice. Yeah, you know. And then we're, you know we know how hard we work on that. I mean, like, yeah, I just wanted it to be recognized. That's all. So I just felt like, anyways, it doesn't matter. Well, I want to say thank you for cleaning up last night at Banshell. I think that is, how hard is it to clean up after yourself? So. We've had this, this has been a getting off my chest topic before, right? So, well, here, I'll tell you what happened. So, I went down yesterday morning or Saturday morning. I went and dropped the truck off. And I knew that there were movies in the park the night before. So, when I came in, I dropped the truck off. There wasn't a lot of garbage, but enough garbage that I kind of was like, it just kind of grew into my teeth a little bit. And we've gone on this tirade before. Any garbage is too much garbage. Yeah. And I was just like, and it's not the like, a paper napkin I actually kind of reason in my head because it's going to biodegrade into the ground. But, you know, plastic bottles, plastic wrappers, these things that are just going to blow in the wind up in the lake or, you know, just worse. So I was like, 
So I picked up a couple things and threw those away. And then I just said, I'm not going to be responsible. I mean, I'm just not going to have, because I thought it's another great opportunity. But you know, we love the theater on the pod. Yeah, so, it's great. It's a yeah. great thing. So we love Thunder Bay Theater. And I love that Conscious <coughs> Park series. And the last thing I ever wanted was someone to sit there and say, well, it's all the garbage that was left over. I didn't want to take anything away from that moment. It's totally willing to go out there. And I mean, there's nothing hilarious about taking out other people's garbage. But um, yeah. Some of this stuff can be resolved, though. I know we've been to movies in the Bay a lot. We, we love it down there. It's a really cool idea. Um, I think that is, uh, that you could probably cure 50% or more. I think by simply, they do talk to the people. Mm-hmm. I think when the movie ends, hey, don't forget to pick up your garbage. Uh, just I haven't ever heard that announcement, but it could, it could they could do it. And one step further, there's a garbage can right here. Mm-hmm. There's one right over here, exactly. and there's one right over there. Because some people do, they get up and they forget. And, and if you mention it, maybe they look around. Yeah. Maybe maybe half of them do. Yeah, and, or sometimes they just pick it up and they look around and they don't they don't know where to look. And yeah, I get it, and that's fine. So you're just kind of like, well, I guess I'm gonna just kind of put it in a pile. And some of it was like that last night. They just put it in a pile and they didn't want to take it to the garbage can. Whatever. I mean, I appreciate that. But what was really cool though, as you know, we got kids involved and became a game. Yes. Taught some lessons here about, hey, we're going to get the, yeah. Anyways. It was in a minute. So. Why don't you get a break? You can find your uh, question. All right. All right. All right, now we're on to trivia. The CVB Great Lakes Sanctuary of the Great Lakes trivia question. I like it. Courtesy of Stacy's girlfriend. Some of them, maybe. I don't know, all of them. My understanding was it was a group project. All right, so all three of them kind of worked hard at it. Right. At least that's why I was told. Maybe it was Nicole doing all the work. And uh, I, 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 they, they work on everything together. Let's just go there. All right, and this week's question is approximately how many shipwrecks lie in the Thunder Bay National Marine Sanctuary underwater preserve? Holy cow, that's a great question. I kind of loosely know that answer. Really? From where? You just heard it. Well, yeah. We're big Noah fans here. Well, yeah, we're big Noah fans here. 63? It's lower than that, right? It's higher. Oh, wow. Because they expanded the... Yeah, they expanded the I was thinking, you know, how far did they go? It's up to Sheboygan. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Sheboygan out and then all the way down to... Palace or something. Yeah. 178. We're going for closest. I mean, it's it's in the triple digits now, right, Bradley? Yeah. So that's all we'll know. I mean, you have to look it up. So this week's question is a great one to look up. Yeah. And you don't have the answer? Oh, we have the answers. We'll usually give them away the next week. Oh, it's for the audience. We didn't didn't do a trivia question last week because as chaotic as this is, last week's was even more chaotic. There were things (laughs) coming in. We had people jumping in the middle of the pile. (coughs) People, the guests that weren't even scheduled were on. It was just everything that we were happy to have Paige. Yes. I mean, well, no. I mean, Paige should be on every pod. If you're a diver, honestly, this is one of the best places to be. There are so many shipwrecks out there. And, of course, as we talked about with Stephanie, there's no salt water, so nothing, you know, it stays there. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. just absolutely crazy. So, I was going to go try to check out a shipwreck or two today, but went to Blair Street, put my kayak out there, and the waves were coming in. Got five feet out. I was halfway flooded on my wow. kayak. Like, all right, enough of that. So, 
if that's something you would like to do, I would love to do it with you. Um, and we can grab some kayaks and we'll head up to 40 mile. Cause that's the, that's one of the easiest ones. Or we can go over to Bell Bay. Cause that one's mm-hmm. room. We'll get up early in the morning, super early. Cause then it's the stillest. Hopefully, you know, I mean, weather permitting. Well, if I would, it would have been better if I would have went and looked at the water before I yeah. went. Got my dad's truck, got my kayak. And- Take the drone, some equipment. It'll be a really cool thing. So, yeah. I've been wanting a really good drone shot of those, but it involves getting up really super early in the mornings when the water's still. And uh, it just it involves a lot of logistics that I just don't care to deal with right now. I just, I mean, I haven't been up for a sunset photo in probably a month, and I finally just got up last, you know, this was yesterday, and I was like, I need to get up and do this, because it's been a while, so. Anyways. Yeah. Yeah. So, are we good? Yeah, that was a question. And I just pivot right to Stacey then? Yeah. Because I have lots of questions, but I think something that deserves its own thing, really quick. Because we're going to talk about August 6th a lot today. A lot going on on August 6th. But since you have it right here, oh, yes. why don't we talk about that really quick? Get out and vote August 6th. Renew the library. So you're listening to this. This episode will be up Monday or Tuesday. Either way, it will be up. If you're listening to this I'll, Tuesday, today is the day. I'll try to get it out. It'll probably be tomorrow. Yeah. So well, tomorrow, Tuesday, or Tuesday. We'll just say Tuesday, August Tuesday. 6th. Yes. Go vote for the library. Yes. This is my first yes. time I've ever... Not adding any new taxes to you. It's just renewing the one that yes. you're already paying. Yes. So, so there's nothing wrong with that. So what are you, any details on it? I mean, you're going in village, you're voting to renew the millage. Is that yeah. okay? So, and then it covers um, the library operation, building maintenance, stuff like that. It's basically making sure it's still operational, right? Yes. And then there is an, supposedly an accessibility upgrade, trying to make it more accessible for all. Mm-hmm. Um I would think I don't know a lot about the library. I've kind of always, uh, maybe I'm, I'll be honest, I probably take the library for granted. I probably do. But one of the things that always fascinates me with the newspaper, radio, and library is that how that medium is kind of, you know, I mean, how often do you go to the library to find information anymore? No. Yeah. Right. right. So, and I'm not saying that's, that's not a knock against the library. I mean, search imagination. I think it has a real important place in our community. With that being said, I can only imagine the things that they must have gone through to stay current in today's world. Also, a lot of people won't know, which I think is one of the most important things about our library, is their historical department. And they have the actual original files, the original newspaper stuff. I mean, if you want to look up something that happened, investigate something, look up history in your family, the library is the one that hosts that. So if you don't vote to renew the millage for the library, you're literally taking away a part of the history of Alpina. Unless somebody else is going to totally come back in with new money and host it themselves, which, why didn't we just renew the millage in the first place? So there, that's my little... Speaking of the library, the book sale, library book sale, August 14th to the 17th. Right. Taking donations. That's good. And why is that? Why did you bring that up? Because we were talking about the library. <laughs> but I mean, that's it's an email, right? That's yeah, it was previous email. Yeah, yeah, from one of our listeners. That yes. So they do that quite frequently. They get they get rid of the uh, older books that aren't used a lot, like reading books, and then they get new donations and try to cycle them back and new like new stuff. I don't um, know. I think everything that that's donated for this book sale is sold. 
So I don't think they're selling any of the books at the library. It's just okay. people bring in their used books. I guarantee one thing's going to happen. Karen, who's a, a good listener, yes. will have the answer to this. And she's probably going to email you the minute you know it, where she is. Probably. And we'll have an answer for you next week. Because they're taking generally used books, audio books, DVDs, CDs, board games, and vinyl records. Man, do I have some DVDs for them. I have some too I could probably get rid of. But yeah. Yeah. Anyways, so uh, Stacy's in our kitchen. Yes. Uh, Stacy, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself, like your your beginnings, where you grew up, <laughs> your background? Well, I grew up in Michigan. Okay. Um, love it here. Would never move. Well, I had moved. I, I moved all over. Came to um, decide that Michigan was the place for me. Michigan, the place for me. Uh, you know, I got into, I had a photography studio over in the Petoskey Harbor Springs area, and then I got into video, and then um, I've been a video producer for 17 years, and I love everything that has to do with film and editing, so nine to five every day, and unless we're shooting like a feature film or a TV show or something that, you know, you're, you're on set for long periods of time, but I'd love to do it. I'd love to be on some of the bigger, bigger sets some of our crew has worked on, you know, uh, Godzilla and Wizard of Oz and, you know, there's just been some really cool stuff. So that's always an aspiration, you know, something to look forward to. But uh, I love what I do. Um, so a lot of video work, basically. Yeah. Uh, where did you grow up, though? Like, I grew up in Fairview. Fairview. All right. Yes. And you graduated from Fairview? Uh, I actually went down to Lansing, uh, Detroit area down there. Awesome. I uh, actually went to night school down there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I moved to um, New York, Chicago, uh, all over. I think 13 cities, all the way up in Marquette, Hope, Hancock, wow. Rose City. I moved all around, and finally I just came to the conclusion that uh, I really wanted to be here. And actually, when I left Fairview, believe it or not, I said, Alpina, I hate that place. I'll never – you know, I'm like 15. Yeah. And I'm like, that's the last place I ever moved. And then I ended up moving here, not a choice. And, man, I just – <laughs> I, you know, I was young and I, you know, I thought there's nothing to do here, but actually is so much going on. And yeah. I was like, you just have to, you know, look around, but I love it. So I'd never move. That's awesome. Um, how did you, so you do a lot of, what would you say your main thing is? I know you own a production company. So would you say that the main thing you do is editing or what, what is your strong wheelhouse? Like, uh, I edit, um, a lot, um, Editing is mostly what I what I do. So I'm shooting probably I'd say a solid two three months out of the year. We're doing different shoots, but editing every day. Yeah, you're not going to get away with that. So um, I think as of right now, I've uh, I, I've fully produced and edited um, I think 1,800 videos, wow. which you know takes a lot of yeah. <laughs> sitting oh, yeah. time. And so, but yeah, I love to do it. That's that's my that's my strong point. Organization, editing, special effects, graphics. Um, so, video production manager for a number of companies, and some big ones, some small ones. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, what do you use? Just out here, how do you use it? Uh, Sony Vegas. Okay. Uh, Sony Vegas. Say, uh, you know, Sony Vegas Final Cut. They went back and forth. Yeah. Um, which one is leader? And um, Vegas has it right now, as far as yeah. I'm concerned. Uh, I'm not a big fan of Adobe products, just because of. You know, it's the corporate. Um, they're going to figure out every way to make every dollar, make you rent it. You can't own it, that kind of thing. Yeah. So um, I'm, a, I'm a Sony Vegas fan. Yeah, that's kind of how I've been only using iMovie. And I've polled all my friends and almost all of <coughs> me use Adobe mm -hmm. Premiere. 
And I, I mean, I, I am an Apple guy, so I really thought about just buying Final Cut because then I could just pay the $350 or whatever. And have you used Final Cut? No, I haven't. Okay. So in, in, in LE, so editing software, mm-hmm. all the main programs like Final Cut, um, uh, Premiere, uh, Vegas Pro, Everything, every, all the systems do exactly the same thing. The buttons are just in different places. Right. The thing about Sony Vegas Pro, which I love, is it's a lot more user-friendly. And also they let you purchase the product and not rent it. Mm-hmm. So um, if you don't want to spend endless hours trying to learn, I mean, you're going to still have to do it. But um, but for what you know, it sounds like you're doing, there's a million programs out there that are even easier. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I've, I've really gotten to know my way in and out of iMovie. Yeah. You know, so it might be the thing for you. Is there something it's not doing for you that you feel like it could well, be Well, I would think that the next step in my editing world would probably be um, some type of color corrective. Mm-hmm. Um, being able to do that, you know, in post. I don't know whether I'll ever... If I'll ever get to that point, you know, I'm, I mean, I already have done some things where, you know, because certain conditions, especially when you're shooting outdoors, things are exposed to, you know, um, things like that, where I can, it has just mild, but it's very, um, it's got the subtlety of a sledgehammer for lack of a better term. So like, you know, if you want to turn the exposure down, you can turn it down, but everything's going along with it. Right. Yeah. So yeah, the overexposure and in, in outside is always in color correcting. Cause yeah. it, it is. Everything looks blind in outdoors. Yeah. So, you know, and of course, just go buy some ND filters, you big dummy, which is, you know, I mean, you know, I mean, I get it, but yeah. So, and you know, I've had people say, you know, just, Rent DaVinci, like you know, like you said, you can rent something, use that for it. But then I'm adding a whole nother program to my already slow computer because it does like me using all this, you know, you know, yeah. software and all. But no, I have a supercomputer, like literally built from the ground up, where we had a number of people around the country putting in on what it should be, and and I'll have five programs open at once, and even still, then you know, it, it's you're going to have issues. There's always an update. One program doesn't work with another because one is updated and one isn't. There's always something. So, you know, you either love it or you, you're not willing to (laughs) put up with the nonsense. And, you know, there's the whole, like the whole thing, you know, everyone thinks you should shoot in 4k and everything like that. Mm -hmm. You know, your phone, you know, I I get the whole thing. So it's like, my computer can't handle 4k footage. Like just a massive amount. It's just, and the fan kicks on, and it's just like, what are you? The, the only here's the thing: Every, when when you're watching stuff online, all your online content, everything you're watching is pretty much you're only watching 1080 anyway, right? Mm-hmm. 1920 by 10, 1080. But well, anyway, long story short, um, the point being is you can shoot in 4K. When you when the output when you output that footage, you're rendering it down to regular to standard HD. Why did you shoot it in 4K? The only reason for shooting in 4K is for pro editors to actually zoom in to a quarter of that space and still have full 1080, you know, full HD, right? So unless you're planning on doing that, you're going to have the exact same result in the end. You cannot take 4K video, render it back down to HD, and expect that it's going to be 
anything like what you shot. It's still going to be the same things if you would have shot it in just normal standard yeah. HD. And you're taking up the space, the a lot of space. The, the processing of 4K footage takes forever. Yep. So yeah, I mean, you're better off just shooting in 1080p and just, just yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I so. mean, half the, t- the TVs are just now are just being able to support uh, 4K. But here's the thing: how did you get that 4K to them? Do you know what I'm saying? Like we still, there's ways to do it. You know, now I know Voodoo now is running in 4K and and you can put in the Blu-rays. Okay, so you got your four, you know, well, 2.7K. So point being, there's no point in in filming in four or six or eight now. You know, the new, the new, what, the dragon, the new red dragons, like, that's not new anymore, but it was like 6K and now there's eight. Red's got an 8K out. And that's, again, that's just for, so you can zoom into one eighth of that space and still have full frame. Um, I yeah, I mean, with my drone just will do 4K, but mm-hmm. I have to plug it into a 4K TV. I'm probably one of the last people in the world that doesn't have a 4K TV. So, like, when I shoot, when I shoot my drone, you know what I mean? All right. I mean, what's the point then? I mean, when I shoot my drone footage, if I'm not watching it on 4K, I don't have any way to watch the 4K footage right. I have. So, I'm like, I'll just want to just save. Do I do it wrong? Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. It'll take uh, probably, you know, five, ten years, and I think, and then everything will be standard. But, okay, so for every K, let's say, you your eye can only see a 15% improvement. And so, you know, now we're looking at two, three, four. So you, most people cannot tell between 10A and 4K if they have any eye issues at all. If they, what if they have to have perfect vision on the perfect TV, and then you have to show them something with super detail, and then they can say, I see a difference. Yeah. But otherwise, normal people are going to look at it and say, I don't get it. And that's the beauty of where I'm at. My TV is like a dinosaur. It's time for me to get a new TV. And I keep toying around the fact that I know there's it's pointless to buy a 4K TV, really. Mm-hmm. Or at least previously it was, because you could have a TV that's going to do all this stuff. But if you like, it'd be, it'd be like having a TV that's going to be a V8, but everything that you watch is at a four cylinder level. Yeah. You're never going to realize all that horsepower in that, in that. You know, it's just a gimmick. I mean, I, you know, I understand that. However, you know, so all the stuff I shoot can be watched in 4K. If I had 4K TV, I can just, you know, drag plugs on that in. So the allure for me is there to buy a 4K TV. But I don't know if I ever, I just don't know. That's a whole well, thing. Almost all the TVs now are standard 4K anyway. I mean, the new stuff coming yeah. in, the, the manufacturers are not making TVs that aren't 4K anymore. Isn't that crazy? They're just... What's the point? You're making an outdated TV? Yeah. So they're making them 4K. Okay, great. So I guess the the only time that'd be appropriate to buy a 4K TV is if you're literally shopping for a TV, you might as well get a 4K. It's not going to cost you more. Yeah. You know, go in and price them. It's the same cost. So unless you're looking at like a QLED, okay, so now you just want to pay a lot for a TV. Mm-hmm. I mean, really pay a lot. Uh, no point. But I think, uh, you know, five years, 10 years down the line, you know, they're practically giving away. You buy a toaster now, you're going to get yourself a nice, you know, 60-inch TV. Because they're so cheap, they're practically giving them away. I know, and that's kind of where, I mean, I I know I need a new TV. And it's just, you know. 43 inches, I was in the other day, is 43-inch TV, 89 bucks. I was in there, I saw a 78-inch TV, and it was 990-something. If you had about a 70, it was 76 or 78, it wasn't an 80. It was really weird. But you remember just a few years ago, they just said, well, this is discounted price of $10,000 for, you know, for that. I remember our friend Tom got a HGTV, a 1080p, 
it was like a 70 inch monstrosity. Oh, wow. That's huge. And he spent a significant amount of cash. I will not reveal how much amount of cash he paid for this TV, but I remember it was 1080 and it was a big deal at the time. And it was a gorgeous set, absolutely gorgeous. But it's amazing what that set now costs. Yeah. I mean, simply a fraction of that price. Super cheap. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, really, all I need, I, I, I'm still running an LCD. That gives you any idea what kind of TV I have at home. So it's time for, I know it's time, but. It's all starting to break. Like every morning, I have to kind of wiggle the button, turn it on. Um, and I know one morning, I'm simply going to hit the button and it's just not going to turn on. Yep. And then I'm just going to go and go buy the new TV. So, but until the, it breaks, I'm going to keep running with it. So, yeah, that's kind of I think I've had my TV for almost 10 years now. So. Yeah, and it's kind of the same way, right? Like, you have no motivation to go out no. and buy a new TV, really, until it breaks. And then you would go, I don't oh. think it's going to break anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> Well, my editing screens are a 4K, but then there's, there's an, I have a lot of screens in my room, but uh, the two big monitors are just normal uh, standard 1080p TVs. But, you know, if I'm looking at 4K monitor, okay, great, and then I'm looking up here at this, uh, you know, standard HD, I can't really see the difference. You know, I wear glasses, uh, but at the same time, <laughs> 4K is great, but but I think I just bought it because it was the same price. They had a sale; it was the same price as the, you know, normal monitors. So, whatever. So we're gonna we have roughly ten minutes left to talk mm -hmm. a couple more video things, and then we're gonna pivot on to the the kind of one of the reasons that you're here today. So bad, we don't want to get a whole. Um, I know uh, last week you were on jumped on Casey's pod. Yes. Yeah, Brad and I both um, big Casey pod fans, so um, I thoroughly enjoyed that pod. Yep, um, we had talked, and then um, at some point, um, I had reached out to him, and I, you know, kind of thought about, uh, you know, figuring out some way to uh, get information out. And uh, man, it just worked out great. I mean, I, yeah, I, yeah, worked out really good. Well, I, I, I thought it was really educational. A lot of things you said about. Um, you know, some of the things that Casey, you know, Casey and I have had these talks loosely, but, you know, slapping the GoPro on the bike and then just kind of after, I mean, after no one wants to watch five minutes of the GoPro on the handlebar, you know, <laughs> that's just kind of, unless you're, you know, unless it's, I don't know, unless you're the grizzly bear in front of you yeah. or something like that, <laughs> then maybe that would be, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, but I, I did find it interesting on some of the um, advice you gave them on camera positioning, and I, or I guess the technical term would be composition more than anything else. So, um, uh, I think it was when you're scrolling, you know, everybody's on the phone all the time. And the, 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 one of the main issues is everybody's scrolling, everybody's scrolling. So until they see something that's abnormal or a very different view is what makes your thumb stop. And you're like, what was that? Because you're not used to seeing it. And you're fighting millions of people who are trying to also grab everybody else's attention. So it's a tough world. It is non-stop trying to figure out the best newest thing and it's hard to do i think one of the things that i think casey does well and he's listening this is my advice to casey but i don't think he listens so that's in all honesty and it's something that I, I know you really didn't touch much in his pod but i know it's something that you do well is the word authenticity and i think that really re resonates well with people that are swept through is just kind of being true to yourself. I think people like are smart enough to know like, Hey, are they just doing it for this? Whereas like, you know, Casey does really truly advocate 
you know, what his message of the whole locker is to be able to do all that you're doing in your 70s and your 80s and be able to do it well. And I think a lot of the stuff he does, you know, whether it's paddleboarding, mountain biking, or the little running that I know he hates to do, um, it, it all goes in with that message of trying to, you know, what they believe and what they're doing there. So I think that's the, the good news of, you know, what he does really well. And I think he could further, you know, drive that home is that he has a message that he truly believes in. And then the people he hires there, all, you know, he makes sure that they're all on board of that same thing, you know, because that message is, you know, he works hard at it. And it's, you know, I think authenticity for so many people is a kind of a driving factor, you know. Yeah. I mean, I have a lot of, I have a lot of clients and, 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 I, and a lot of times I will disagree with the whole, you know, what, what we're doing. Um, but if I get to do stuff for myself, I mean, but then again, they're the client. I mean, I'm not yeah, in there to tell right. them that they are wrong. Um, but, you know, you give your advice and then you, whatever, you know, um, some things I just won't do. Um, you know, I won't do, you know, come on down to Joe's, you know, whatever. It's just, I'm not, I just, I could do it. Obviously it's just so boring. And I just, I don't feel like I'm able to, uh, you know, do good work. I, I think, so one thing that's been in my head, so I'm going to eventually within the, this month, when I start a kind of like a more work performance, a YouTube channel, help me sell cars. Oh. I mean, I think everything I've done, I think everything I've done has gotten me to this point where I can put out a quality one minute to three minute video. Cause I mean, I know people's attention spans, they don't want, you know, long based or anything like that. Give the information out, do it in a quality matter, you know, just do it a nice job of it. I've seen I've seen a couple of things as I was splicing past and I, I think I heard your voice too. And I was like, Oh yeah, that's where it works because you know, it's like we don't hang out every day. So yeah. you know, you look through it and you're like, Oh, that's what he does. And I think you find out a lot of things on, on Facebook about where people what they're doing in their lives, uh, which is kind of cool and very interesting. So you you filming bits and clips for what you do at your work, so we're going to get there. But this is one thing I want to tell you is I noticed on Facebook, especially because that's one and Instagram too, that people you doing like that taking a, uh, a play on the cheesy car sales and like, come on down here and check out this. Uh, I know some of them, it's like one was a lifted truck and the guy was using a lot of derogatory language that I won't use now. But, you know, and I do think it's, I've often thought about doing a parody video on that type of thing, like mm -hmm. a cheesy 1980s and even putting like a roll filter on it to make it look like an old it, suit. With yeah. And just like, yeah. And just like really just, cause and I think it would be funny. In fact, I know for a fact out of all the videos that I do for words that I try to promote, it'd probably be my most popular one. And something inside me dies every time I know that like, um, another great example is we, we did a, a short mural documentary and we have all these blooper real, this blooper footage. And I know when Brad's like, hey, you got, we just had this talk this week. And I was like, I do. But I know in a minute, the minute I put that blooper footage out, it's going to get like 3,000 views. And the mm -hmm. fucking documentary is only going to have 100 views. And I'm seriously going to want to just go step in front of the drive. <laughs> because I know that's the that's today's world. That's yeah, just sure. how it is. The best. Yeah. yeah. And I'm just going to be like, oh, my God, that just drives me crazy. Yeah. I get to sit there and watch an hour of the, the news footage the bloopers. I mean, it's just so ridiculous. <laughs> you know, I'm sure they're like, why are you watching this when we have good yeah. news? Oh, yeah. And that's some of the things that, you know, because you just – 
so much of you know when you're interviewing someone is it going to be to the point where they're comfortable in talking. So you know you start the camera up and then you just kind of start talking about BS for a little while, and then but probably the second half of that whole process, Justin got so comfortable with me. I have some images doing some of the most ridiculous, funny that's, that's things. You're just like looking at the camera and yeah. trying to do blue steel and all that stuff. That it could just, I mean, it's it's <laughs> funny and I love it. I mean, but yeah, it's, it's coming though. So yeah, well, let's take a break. We're gonna come back and talk about that. All right. Well, it's in the board game. Yes. Is that we? There was a certain point in this whole process, and you can appreciate this, because where we're headed right now, where you have to just say, well, I'll swear, because I like put You've done it as it Fuck it. I'm just going <laughs> to go. We're just going to do it. Yeah. Right. And I don't care how bad it is in the beginning. We'll get better. We'll just figure mm-hmm. our way through this whole process. And what is cool when you, sometimes the first guy through the door takes a lot of damage, and there have been some absolutely terrible episodes. We've known that, and we've made some mistakes, but we've gotten better at it through it. It's what's made us, you know, but to see the other friends that have gone, you know, um, Casey's a full circle and he originally had a pod. And then, of course, you had to use that RSS feeder. And it was a pain in the butt, you know, because he would use through Audacity, you know, edit it there and then upload it to his blog and then push it from the blog to iTunes. That's oh, wow. kind of how you have to do it or the old school way of doing it. We found a third party platform that does a lot of that work for us. makes it a lot easier, streamlines it. But what it's done is... Let's see. So you got Greg, Casey, Dylan, us. I know that was thinking about yeah. you. But we've got four other guys that have all decided, hey, if almost, and I don't, I know they don't mean it, and I don't mean it's not condescending, but they're kind of like, if they can do it, I can do it. Yeah. And, you know, and, and, then, and there's nothing wrong with that because I think it's awesome. And all those guys, you know, Greg's hippie show, he's too darn busy to do, but his story is amazing. I mean, I, I love listening to his stuff. Casey, I thoroughly, I've always enjoyed listening to Casey. Dylan's hilarious because he's essentially grabbing his two high school, college buddies, and they kind of reminisce. But again, they're really busy. And I think locally, we're probably the most regular podcast that, yeah. that goes on. So we, yeah, and I know nothing about uh, you know the process of podcasts. That's not right. my 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 in my wheelhouse. But it sounds like yeah, there's a lot a lot involved with it more more than I would have thought. You yeah. know, versus push a button and then done. I, mean, yeah. I, I don't know. So what happens is well, you can record it, and that's the easy part. Recording is the easy part. What happens is in order for Spotify, iTunes, and all these places, you have to have a place to host that podcast okay. and then push it up. And then most people would push it from a blog and then you have to put it on, they call it the RSS feeder is what it's called. Yeah. So when you submit your podcast to iTunes, they want your, it's, they want your RSS feeder link. Okay. So you so can just feed them up there. Yeah. Birds, so what this does, so this is kind of a one-stop shop it records, they can add it and then we can push it to all the things. And what surprised me the most, and I'm speaking for Brad here, but I'm sure he's pretty close to the same is I'm really surprised how many other formats have picked us up through that? Not a lot of them are not very serious. And then I understand that, but still to be able to be on Spotify, iTunes, um, it was Google play, which are probably the three main ones that people listen to Stitcher, 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 you know, those are all really big podcast platforms. And to be able to easily access that as quickly as we did 
was really surprising to me. I thought for certain we were recorded for two months before we ever got to iTunes, and we were in iTunes in a week. Yeah. So, well, before, and I do know that because I've worked on the back end on a lot of projects before and a lot of technical, you know, whatever. <laughs> um, but I do know when people started to be able to um, be basically a hub. Right. And so they weren't having to store all everybody's stuff in one spot. They'd say, no, you will link it in. A lot of doors opened up for a lot of people Yeah, because then they weren't saying we can't have you because we don't have enough space. We got to watch it. Now it's just like, oh, I just automatically make a link and now you're in our feed. Um, that's nice because that opens the door for somebody who has no opportunity to be available. Yeah. So it's the first through the door, so to speak. Let's talk about you, sir. How, how would you like to describe this? You want to talk about, let's talk about how it got started. How did you get to where you're at right now with this? Um, okay. So as I was growing up, I played a lot of games and um, it was just missed. They were missing a lot of things. You know, you wanted a game that you could um, sit down and play with family or sit down with whoever. And you wanted to be able to play against people, uh, against the board, you know, a lot of challenges. Um, also to be adventurous and never know what's going to happen to you kind of thing. Um, and they do have, you know, there's a lot of games out there that are really, they're big adventure games, but they take hours and hours and hours to play. So basically I had a long list of criteria of, of how I wanted a game to be, but it was always kind of like, well, good luck with that, you know? Uh, and about three years ago, I finally said, let's forget this, you know, Logan Carr, which is my partner in on this. Um, Red Cohen, um, who is in uh, Washington, and uh, there's a few of us that w we all got together and we said, "Hey, let's let's do this." Um, and uh, you know, it took took a couple of years, and we got it just down to exactly what we want. We love the game; it's a ton of fun to play, and uh, so we, yeah, so that's where the, it came from, basically. So you've made a board game. Okay. Yep. It's world. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's worlds in the board game. Um, it is a it's an apocalyptic um, survival board game. So you have the city, which is really cool because we took to make the board game. Um, we actually did an aerial shot of Alpina, and we mapped out the streets, and we then we built our city on that street. Then the main the main part, as you can see in the front, this is actually Second Avenue. So we took um, Second Avenue and we destructed it, and we made the front of our box. So local, you know, local aid, lo the arts from locally, you know. And uh, so basically the, an apocalypse happens. A group of uh, a group of people have to race across the city to be the first one out before um, the city, the apocalypse takes over. So there's a creature that is working its way across the board as well. And so if you do not make it to the escape helicopter before the creature does, then the board wins. So you're, you're, you're playing against all the other characters as well as the board. So something that intrigued me is you just mentioned, how long does this game take to play? So if we were to sit down and play this right now, how long would it take? So that was one of the, one of, one of the biggest factors because all the other games I really, really, really want to play. I really love this kind of game. I love this kind of game. It's like a four hour game. Some some games literally take three months to play. Like no joke. So four people, twenty minutes, twenty wow. to thirty minutes. Um, six people, forty minutes to an hour. If you're playing with like two people and you're just having fun and going through it, 
you could probably be done in 15 minutes, you know? So we try to make it short so you can play and have fun. Now you got four people, let's say 20 or 30 minutes, but if you're reading the cards and you're goofing off or you're having a few drinks, so, you know, it's going to take longer, obviously. Yeah. But it's a short game to play. But it's not like Monopoly where you, no. you're starting to like rub your temples halfway through it and you just right. realize like, oh my God, like, why did I, I love Monopoly, but the thing that, that is my number one thing I don't like about Monopoly. It's the time it takes. It takes forever. And yeah. it really gets to the point where the game starts moving along and, you know, you have the properties and hotels on it. So, you, you know, like, oh, I have to pay bread on my money and now I'm bankrupt. You know, it takes so long to get to that point. Yeah. yeah, and in this case, you basically um, so each character moves two spaces for each turn, um, and then they draw a situation card. The situation tells them what situation they're in. You know, you were attacked by this and this, or you know, you had to take a you know go this way, or you found some food is a safety, uh, and you can take different risks. Um, you decide if you'll you'll take that risk, uh, which will actually get you ahead. So as everybody's moving at the same pace, there's lots of different routes to take. You can gain by taking different risks or, you know, if something happens, you need to negotiate with someone else that maybe give you some supplies. Yeah. Or if there's a boss creature that like you're attacked, the only way to win this is to get the whole team to, you know, work together to, to, to yeah. beat this thing. So we, we really want to make it really involved with so everybody had to play together. So if you're sitting around with your kids who love horror stuff mm -hmm. and you can't get them to sit there and play Monopoly, they're really likely to play, you know, this or if you and a bunch of buddies who yeah. just want to. So what is the age bracketed in this game? Like how we say 10 plus, you know, yeah. 10 and up. We, we say that because there, there is a lot of um, uh, more difficult words. Mm -hmm. So, so, you know, it's not just, so if they want to learn a lot of words, <laughs> there you go. It says oh. some of the words are a little more difficult to yeah. work, a little more, because we had to fit each situation onto a card and to give it more you know, more depth in the situation that's happening, we had to use some, uh, be creative with wording. Yeah, I bet. Um, I listened to your pod on Casey, you talk about this game. And my favorite thing about this game, because I love listening, I'm not asking, I'm trying not to ask the same questions Casey asked for two reasons. One, you can go listen to Casey's pod and listen to those questions. And then you go listen to about as you took, what do you want? <laughs> about your game and to get to know more. But the other thing I thought about is um, I kind of figure out what your game isn't mm -hmm. by listening to that. And my favorite thing that you talk about is it's almost like Survivor-esque in the way like you have to work together, mm -hmm. but yet it is a winner-takes-all yep. type of game. So yep. you're forced to collaborate. Yep. You can lie to different people. So if people ask you for supplies, you can tell them you'll have them. But they see you play that card later. At the last minute, when you really need this one thing, they might remember and go, hey, remember that time that you, you know. And I think that's one of the most fun things to do, honestly. When we're sitting around with people, uh, you know, we'll start playing the game. We'll explain it. Start playing it. And usually about halfway through the first time they've ever played it, people are laughing at because people are cutting each other off and doing little funny things. Or they'll... They'll, they'll play a thief card. So everybody has to turn around and look the other way and they can they can grab one person's hand and pick up, you know, and then now they're mad because they're looking at and they can't remember if you took the card from their hand or they forgot to look at the cards before, you know. And I think it's the interaction with everybody that really, it, it, it turns into a lot of fun, especially after the first time you played it and then you really know what you're doing. Um, so let's, uh, August 6th, we talked about earlier in the pod. Um, library but it also is a special day for you yeah it's a big day for us because um so to make the game 
you know, you can't just go out and have a few printed and then start selling. It doesn't work like that. So manufacture, well, you can, and they'll charge you about 70 plus dollars per game to make. Okay. So if you want to manufacture the game so you can actually put it on the market and sell it for a reasonable price and, you know, whatnot, you, you need to go to a manufacturer. So the manufacturer is going to minimum print 1500 if you do it in China. United States, which is where we're printing, we're actually printing here in Michigan. There's a 30-year company. They've been doing board games. Um, and I can't, for the life of me, remember the name or the city they're in. Wow, my brain just froze up there. Um, but anyway, you can just look them up. There. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't it's, matter. It's, you've, you've made it a point to be local. Yes, which, local. Which, would like. which, which, which now they have a 2000 you know, game in them. So you know, you're looking at $30,000, $33,000 for the first print. So Kickstarter is where you can go in and you can uh, place a project on there. So if you, if I said, hey, pledge to our game, what that really means is go in and pre-order the game. You don't have to have money on your card. You don't get charged until we are funded and it's the end of the Kickstarter. Uh, it's really critical that people um, start pledging right away at the beginning because it gets things, the momentum going, people excited about it. Um, also, Kickstarter will start featuring you. So we need about $33,000 to print the game. And then that allows us to, to do the full print, get it in stores, get it out to everybody that pledged, you know, um, you get a full version and plus it's the cheapest it'll ever be. Yeah. So on there it's like 49, but it'll be 59 in stores. Right. So, so you're looking for a whole bunch of people mm -hmm. to donate $50 each over. They're pre-ordering. Yeah, so pre -ordering. Hey, we're not asking, you know, it's yeah. not asking a favor of yeah. anyone saying, Hey, the biggest favor is, can you share? Can you talk to people? Can yeah. you can you pledge to the game? Yeah. And say, hey, I'm a, I'm gonna pledge to this so they can they can make it and get a, a Michigan based you know game out into the world. Yeah, um, yeah and, and it's a lot of fun. That's awesome. Um, one of my favorite things about I don't know if you've listened to our pod much, but um, one of the favorite things that we like about the pod, and I know Brad at least I know Brad Lisa too, is that we have people on that have really gone all in and I know you've done that on this game and that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. We've spent a lot of time and a, and a whole lot of money um, developing because it's not, you know, a lot of people think that you just, Oh, you put it together. It is not. You actually have to have game graphic designers to make everything to spec, make sure, you know, each of the pieces are printed correctly. So you need um, artists. Um, our artist is actually from the UK. He's amazing. Um, uh, the game, the our game guru, who basically is our mechanics expert, he basically goes through and he said, hey, we could use this mechanic in the game to make them do this or make them do this. And so he's our expert there. He's also our, our designer for to make sure our, our graphics, our setup is perfect for printing, which is a whole other field. I mean, I literally own a graphic design company, but we don't have anybody that knows how to do game, like the game design, the printing layout for that. Yeah. Because the specs are all completely different for everything. So everything's got to be redone every time it's uploaded to a new site or the printing site or for, yeah, the specs are all different. It's so confusing because you spend all your time one day to get one image. I, mean, I think there's uh, there's 170 cards. You know, you got uh, six characters, the board, the dice, um, the rule book. Uh, you know, there's a lot going on, and so everything has to be to spec. And so we spend a lot of time, a lot of time and money doing it, but it's done. That's awesome. So, where will they be able to find if I'm if they're if I'm in the car right now listening to this podcast? Where do I go to 
buy the game. Okay, so uh, you can either go to our Facebook, which is Worlds in the Board Game, and there'll be obviously links and stuff there. The direct way is just go to Kickstarter, and you can go to Kickstarter and you can search in the in the tab Worlds End, and then Worlds End is going to come up. Worlds in the Board Game, and so in there. Sometimes it gets a little confusing, but you're really looking for the, the word pledges. And then pledge, you can look at the categories and pick one, and it'll ask you some general information. If people, a lot of people don't want to do, like, I don't want to set up an account. I don't want to do it. You don't have to. If you just look at the print right underneath it where it's asking you to make an account, it'll say uh, as guest. Yeah. And then there you go. You're done. Um, so Kickstarter, search World's End, World's in the board game, and then it should come right up. And it will be available um, August 6th at noon uh, on the dot, hopefully. Now, is this something that's timed out on you? Is, um, like, do, you only, do you have a window here? Yeah, we have a three-week window Okay. to come up with. I think our goal on there is, I mean, a lot of other people have put in money as well. So I think our pledge goal is 25000 Yeah. That way, we, we definitely could do it. And then um, if, if we reach our $25,000 goal, within the three weeks, then it, it charges everybody for their game that they're going to get. And uh, then we get the funds and then we can go right to, um, right to manufacturing. It's exciting. And yeah. what would the turnaround be on that? So let's say well, what, we're going to think positive. We're going to get the 25,000 in right. three weeks. Um, when do you think the game will be in our the people's hands? Um, we're, we're okay. So they said they would, they're right now they're scheduled. They'd be printing in, uh, like let's say December, yeah, roughly. So I, I would imagine probably January. Okay. You know, it, it's right, it's right in Michigan. So we're actually going to be able to check, go down, down there, and look at you know, monitor quality, yeah. maybe you know, approve every everything in the game. So, and then when we when they get done, we don't have to ship. If it's made in China, for example, you, yeah. you have about a three month window for it to actually get here and get to you. Yeah. And so this is go down and pick it up, yeah. you know, and bring it back. That's exciting because um, it's only winter time and there's nothing to do. And yeah. I mean, I shouldn't say that. I say that there's not a, a lot of the things that people enjoy doing in the winter time. Brad and I don't. Brad and I just count today's not a summer. <laughs> we podcast and then. <laughs> Go to Awesome Brothers. <laughs> We're just there today. So, um, anything else about the game you want to talk about? Um, how, how many people can play at a time? What's the okay, most? So you can play six at a time. It's it's the most fun between four and six. Okay, um, you can play two people. It's just not the same group environment, right? But if you were totally bored and it's two people, you could totally play the game. Um, I think the most important thing is is that the biggest thing you do to help is to get on Kickstarter and pledge to, to purchase the game. Um, you know, you don't have to have the money in the account at the time. Like I said, uh, it does help get things going. And also if you can't do anything, even, even if you can is to share on Facebook, you know, get the word out there, tell your friends, whatever. Cause we have one shot. We cannot redo it. Yeah. Cause what also a lot of people don't realize is the thousands of dollars in marketing you have to do. Cause it's yeah. not just great podcasts. It is, TV commercials. It is, um, you know, every kind of marketing. We have we have TV commercials running on, you know, a whole bunch of different channels. Yeah. Um, podcast interviews, like all different kinds of stuff is going on. But unless people, you know, jump in and actually take action, it won't get made. And then it's just going to be a dead, you know, some in the water. Right. 
Um, you'll have to send us the link to the commercial. We can share that with the, the pod episode. Yeah. We'll put that out. We have, a, we have a couple of national commercials that and we love them. They're great. They're a lot of fun. Have you ever seen them? At all? Uh, I've, I've seen at least one on YouTube before. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Check the one out that you sent to the group message. We had. Yeah. Yeah. The one where there's gunfire, that, that one where they're uh, taking the role playing. I think so. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the most fun. We love that one. You know, it just kind of shows you know each character when you draw a card that you are in that situation now, um, much like the longer you know in depth games, yeah. but um, just a lot quicker. You know, it's <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, so um, we'll take a break. We're gonna come back. We'll do our top five, and then we'll rehash everything one more time, then close it out. All right. Now it is time for our top five, and this week's top five is our top five board games. Go along with Stacy's board game, and I guess I'll start it off with Monopoly. What the hell? It's fun to play for a while until it gets boring. But. That's right. Monopoly is in my honorable mentions, so I have three honorable mentions. One of them I'm going to debate right now with you. Uh, whether it's actually a board game because I don't think it really is. So, um, so my honorable mentions are Monopoly, and then um, Scrabble, and then the debatable one is Uno. So I love a good game of Uno. It is not a board, game. but it is not a board game. <laughs> it's not, so, it's okay. um, but we well, could play on a board. But... So, <laughs> well, all right. Well, I mean, I'm just throwing it out there. I mean, it's a you know, it holds holds strong with what our top five is. So my number five game, though, is going to be Sorry. Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry. That was one of my favorite games growing up. I love it, love it, love it. Um, am I going through my? Yeah, and then oh, you're, well, you're sure. do number five, and then we can go around the table and Brad will four, three, two, nine. Okay, number five. Uh, okay, I'm gonna say it is Deadwood. Deadwood, uh, I don't know what Deadwood is, but it's a little, it's a really cool game. It's in a, it's in the shape of a book and then you open it up and the game's inside of it. And it's kind of like, um, war and Uno kind of to combine, except you're, you're, you're in the West and you're, right. it, it's a very similar game. It, it's a lot of fun and it's very easy to play. Right. Never heard of it. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm one word, but yeah. All right. Number four is life. Game of life. Life is in my top five too. So I will go ahead and say life's number four for me, so we can just oh, wow. piggyback on that. But I do I have a never mind. We'll just keep going. Well no, I have questions about other games, but I just I wanna see where it, if it comes in into play, that's all. So um yeah, I liked life. I like the wheel spinning. Oh, yeah. That was my favorite part. You know what I think my favorite part was <laughs> about what I remember? <laughs> yeah. Was adding vegetable oil to make it spin. Because it's not on the bottom. It says add vegetable oil if it doesn't spin. After a while, you don't think it's sticky or Does it really? Yeah. Well, that's, that's the one really I cool. remember. I that. Yeah. So I remember every once in a while, we just put a little. Dinner. One drop, like yeah. a little oil. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. But yeah, the wheel spinning by far, right? right? Oh, yeah. And making that instead of the mansion, was it? Yeah. Yes. All right. I'm all right. Up. No kids in the car. You don't want no kids in the car. Oh, I always had kids. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's another there's another version of um life um, you know um, war machine. You know war machine. Mm -mm. 
The comic book character? No, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so, um, and I can't remember his name right now, too. My, my brain is just freezing for names. Uh, <laughs> just, just forget it. But anyway, he has a, another version of life, which is a ton of fun. I think it's even better. It's like this crazy real-life thing. Like, you know, you get cancer and you do, like, all these crazy things and bills you have and how many kids you have. Uh, but, yeah, if anybody really loves life out there, there is a second version, and it's it's a Dave his name um it's a great game it's 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 like 10 times better but somebody really sat there and goes so it's, it's like missing all real life game. like a real life oh, game like wow. a mortgage and whatever but it is as horrid as it sounds it's actually a ton of fun wow yeah intense number three brad oh you yeah, know number four for you uh mysterium Mysterium is another well mysterium is where the okay so you you know like you're I'm trying to figure out how to play it. So you have a ghost, a person who's dead, and they're trying to, okay, so you know in Clue, where you're trying to figure out who murdered the person? Mm -hmm. Okay, so you would be the ghost, let's say, and then we are trying to solve who uh, killed you, we're at, whatever, but you can only give clues in cards, like a combination of cards, and then you take and try to solve that. It's it, it's It's... It's definitely an original game, and it's very well done. Like, great art, great, you know, whatever. So, yeah, if you like Clue, it's kind of like a reverse Clue where one person is the dead person, and they're keeping track of all their – they have a little board that keeps track of all the clues they've put out. Speaking of Clue, my number three is Clue. I like it. Clue did not make my top five or my honorable mention. Ooh. Even the movie was good. Yes. <laughs> and, um, you know, I – Alice and I just watched um, the train movie, Orient Express, kind of yeah. like that. And I felt very cluish when I was watching that. Yeah, so. it was great. I think they kind of pitched it though as as a clue. Man, I'm at three right now. Right? Yes. All right, I'm gonna go Battleship. It's a good one. Yeah. So I enjoyed Battleship growing up. Um, always dreamed of playing oh, Electronic sorry. Battleship. Never could afford the electronic version. We had it. It didn't last long. <laughs> Battleship was awesome. That was like one of the all-time greatest things. If you were sitting on a plane or a train or you're just locked in your bedroom with a buddy, you could play that and just have fun. I think it was really cool. I can't believe – and maybe there is and I just don't see it and they haven't done a good job of advertising it to my algorithm. There has to be a, a, a mobile version of Battleship, like Words with Friends, where I could put my – Boats on the board, and yeah. then you just text the number of the cell that you send it to someone. You gotta believe oh, that. Yeah, you I don't really not have that yet. I think you can play. I think you. I think there's apps out where you can play against other people. Yeah, our work productivity would go to shit in that thing because <laughs> you and I would play that. We, we know, you know we would. We would play that all the time. Probably. Oh my gosh. Uh, number three would be um, what's that meme? Oh yeah. Yep. We played that at the Christmas party. That is a lot of fun. I really like that. That's a good one for a party game where everybody's laughing and having a good time. And It is very much in that apples to apples. Um, um, what's the Cards Against Humanity? Yeah, Cards Against Humanity. Yeah, all that in that frame of, yeah. I think everybody that played Cards Against Humanity for the first time was either completely appalled or it was their favorite game they've ever played. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or probably favorite. a little bit of both. Yeah, so. a little bit of both. It's pretty fun. We played that. Christmas party. Yeah. Too. We had, yeah, what was the girls in there, there and the guys are here playing cards against humanity. It was, uh, uh, it was funny. Yeah. It was 
something else. <laughs> <laughs> and another game we play at the Christmas party, Hungry Hungry Hippos is my number two. I forgot about Hungry Hungry Hippos. I have oh, Hungry Hungry yeah. Hippos. I bought my neighbors the Hungry Hungry Hippos for Christmas. Yes. Since Anne had never, never played it until she played it here. She missed out in life. She did. But have you seen she... the live version on TV? With the, the YouTube where the, the people play, play with yeah. people? Yeah. That's really cool. <laughs> I laughed pretty hard when I saw that. So, um, number two. Yeah, this is easy for me. Number two is perfection. I don't perfection. Even, yeah. So that was the game with the timer, and then you had all the little pieces, and you had to fill in the board, and if you didn't get the time, the board would pop up and all oh, the pieces. yes. So nothing gave me more anxiety, and I, I, I think even if I play it right now, the anxiety level in that game is very high, but I did thoroughly enjoy it. I think Madison got it for Christmas past year, and we were playing it. I still hate that game. <laughs> it's all because of... Was playing it near a table one time and it popped up. It scared the crap out of me and hit my head on the table. I was like, screw this game. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's going to be interesting. Funny. So far, it hasn't come up. I really <laughs> want to talk about some of the games we haven't talked about yet, which is good. Like, so, number two. Hmm, number two, Chronicles of Crime. Oh, Chronicles of Crime was one of the top Kickstarter games of 2019 or 2018. I remember it was close in there. Um, so, if you take Clue, and then, um, so it's, it's works on your app. So you're with, uh, you're with everybody, all your friends, whatever, and you're all working together to solve the crime. And so you would take your phone and let's say you wanted to go to this location, you would scan the barcode and then you have a 3d version of the location on your phone where you get 360 version, which you can, um, uh, click on different things. You're like, Oh, and it'll tell you what that thing is. And then if you think, oh, this is important, you can literally send it to uh, your lab guy. And you can say, I like this lab guy. And you can send it to him. And then he'll actually write you back and tell you all about what he found. So it's this really in-depth game of Clue where you have your your, your scientists and your people you can interview. You can actually uh, interview these people, like ask them questions about whatever. So um, if you love Clue, this is the most wildest, craziest uh, version of Clue ever. Yeah, I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds it's, exciting. Yeah. You can actually interview people. Like, uh, I, I, I just, <laughs> All yeah. these games we can play at the Christmas party. Yeah. Or at Thunder Bay Theater's board game night. Uh, that they have. But anyways. Yes. Yep. Can't get people off their phones? Trying to put crime the way to do it because actually different people can be interviewing different suspects. And so you're, 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 um, you're rated on your time it took you all to solve it as a team. And so different people can be interviewing. Different people can be uh looking at the data, the science behind this, and then you put all that information into the app and you say, this person did it here, here, whatever. And then it tells you if you're wrong, and if you're right, it rates you on your speed and accuracy. Yeah, very cool. Chronicles of Crime. And they have, every time you play it, it's completely different. And they have all these locations in different places around the world, different other versions. That's pretty cool. Uh -huh. All right. Not as cool as World's End, though. No, well, this is this is my my zero game. So you got one through five, but this is like yeah, like the, 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 yeah, that's what I'm saying. That we're gonna gotta keep pushing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, my number one is gonna be dorky, but shoots and ladders. Nice shoots and ladders. I'm I'm just really happy to talk about some of the game because there's a lot of things that are in my head that, as we talked about, a lot of popped in my head. So shoots and ladders, high quality. There's another game that goes along with that. I don't want to give it away that it could. Be in one of his top number one, but you know, maybe it's not. Probably, probably not. My number one's Smash Four. 
Awesome. Connect Four. <laughs> the original. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I don't know if there's anything more satisfying than sliding that little brace in the bottom and then having them all go all over the place. But, yeah. Have you ever seen, have you ever played the big ones? Like the for, at bars? Like, you know, like four foot tall. They're, it's So they have giant ones of so Connect Four where you put the oh, thing in it. No. I tell you what I've always wanted to do is they make a basketball version of it. Oh. Where you can, it's like a giant basketball. And then, so it's not only strategy that involves a tech for but there's a skill level you have to get it in that you have to be able to get enough and you know so they put they put uh you put basketball hoops up with backboard and you shoot it in yeah. so you have to be good at making the shot put it in and then yeah that's something i think that's really something you have to have a lot of balls yeah well you have to have a lot of space because obviously it's a substantial <laughs> you know yeah. it's not something you would just um I think it's cool, though. It's a yeah. good idea. Because, I mean, what if that person was about to make the final one, but then they missed the shot, and yeah. then gives you one extra time? It would be kind of fun to um, – that would be a great thing to put up somewhere, like in town, mm-hmm. like at a park. Oh, sure. Yeah. You know, be able to, the only problem is you got to make sure no one steals the red and the black basketballs. So. Yeah, I mean, they could just have a, a really, um, you know, a good rubber tape around, roll around, or, you know, around one strip. So, yeah. you know, like a cross strip. So, I mean, if somebody did take it, it's it's nothing. They didn't get anything special. Yeah. But you can see it from a distance on what it is. Yeah. The thick. Yeah. The Connect Four, my number one game. I don't think it, there's any game. I don't know. Um, even like when I've gone to a couple bars where they have like the three by three foot one. Yeah. And you can drink a beer and they're giant. I mean, I'll play that one. <laughs> So I just like Connect Four. It's a good one. I don't think there's a, is, is there actually somebody still out there who hasn't played Connect Four? I mean, I don't know. We his neighbor didn't play on her Apple, so I don't know. Like, so we may have to ask her. That. <laughs> I think your childhood is not not complete unless you played Connect Four. Awesome. Number one, uh, cool cats and ass hats. Um, Oh, that is. A lot of games I've never heard. Okay. Uh, cool Cats and Assets is, is uh, I, it's my favorite recently, especially because you play with a group. And then uh, if you really want to learn, like get involved with other people. <laughs> so if somebody says a word like, uh, I don't know, rhinos or something, some mm-hmm. stupid yeah. word. And then you have to write if they like that or they don't like that. Nice. And then uh, you go on the table, everybody does their thing. You do 10 cards. And then the person that knows the, the, that person the most gets to do something cool from this card deck. They get to do something cool. Like, you know, I don't know, whatever. And <laughs> like pour somebody any drink they want and make them drink it. Cause yeah. that'd be your fun. Okay. So then if you're the asset, you didn't know that person very well. So then they might, the group might be able to, that person might be able to take and take a photo of something and actually profile pic on Facebook for 24 hours. So you kind of get screwed. So that's kind of fun. So it's not necessarily a drinking game of any kind. It's just a fun game. It's not out of control. You can take certain cards and go, that's just too much and toss them out. But I tell you what, if you really want to get to know your friends, like really know them beyond. The I really thought you were talking about our group of friends, but hey, like, oh, cool cats and ass hats. Cause that kind of describes us yeah. really, really well. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, Candyland. Yes. Candyland. Shoot the ladders at Candyland hand in hand. Um, none of like the Risk, Stratego. No, no, those games got brought up. Those kind of surprising. Risk takes forever. Yeah. yeah. I can never get into Risk. Yeah. Risk does take forever, but I really enjoy Risk. So, 
I know, I know, I know a lot, you know, I've never, I don't think I've actually fully played Risk. Yeah. I've seen it. I've seen people playing it. I've heard about it. I heard it's a lot of fun. It just takes too long. And, and then you, you never almost make it to the end of it because people give up. Or well, yeah, of whatever. course. It's, 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 it's Monopoly all over again. Yeah. You just, you're like, oh my gosh. And, and, and there's a lot to be said about a game that you can have fun and, and do it. In, a sh- in short order, you know, if you get done, like, let's say World's End, you get done, let's say you're done in 30 minutes, you can decide if you want to play the game again or not. Yeah. You know, you're not stuck there for another hour and a half, you know, because people are just, they get bored easy. Well, I think that's really interesting about the game, you've, what you've told us so far is, it sounds like the more you play it, the more you learn there's a strategy. There's a strategy, yeah. Perhaps that you would be oh, able sure. to get more refined at, yep. and that would help definitely play. Actually, yeah, there's different tokens, too, that have special abilities. So at the beginning, everybody gets to pick one token, and you can use that once in the game. That will, like, uh, there's a sniper one where you can shoot it, basically snipe somebody, and, and move them back so many spaces. So um, some make you immune to certain things, but only one time. So there are, if, if you really want to say how much strategy is in this game, you can use no strategy and still make it all the way through just fine. But if you've been playing it for a while, there are there are there are times when you know this person's going to move this many spaces. If you do this to this person, he's going to send him back, which will put them on this landmine that was playing. You know, you can really think ahead and really play some strategy. And also, you know, kind of like Survivor, the TV show. You're nice to everybody, and then at the very last minute, you can cut people off to to make yourself when when no one can hurt you anymore. So yeah, you can get in depth as much strategy you want to no strategy at all. You're just playing the game. Yeah, I love. I mean, I I'm a Survivor fan and Big Brother, so I I watched Big Brother all this year. I watched the one episode on that. It's kind of crazy, right? Yeah. I mean, we have been loyal Big Brother fans for a long time and it just part of it is because I really haven't wanted to pay for CBS All Access I'll be honest with you but, <laughs> um, but I do have a way around it and I just haven't bothered to chase it down so. I used to we used to watch it we just don't watch it anymore yeah. uh, do you watch Survivor L or did you? I did watch yeah. it I watched it a few, a few times I think we're more into Naked and Afraid now oh, okay. love Naked and Afraid yeah. it's so stupid I've never watched that but <laughs> what I found interesting with Survivor is and maybe you can relate this to your game at all is you know it used to be tribes and sides and everything and alliances and now it's these pods that they've created so it's like you have these let's say you have 20 people and you know there's 10 and 10 but then what happens is they create this small group of five yeah and then they create another small group of five and then depending on which way the wind blows determines on which five aligns with and it's really the game has really changed a lot and it's been interesting to watch that and um i think it's come bled into big brother now which kind of created pods and everything. So, oh yeah they're they're just going to strategy seems to work and, yeah. and and people can only watch this the same thing so many times i know in world's end that um the, the somebody will go to ask hey can you you know, they see them going to talk to somebody to ask them a favor or doing something. And then somebody else just practically jumping across the table and goes, oh, you know, they're doing this because they know of a situation that is coming up. And they're trying to already make friends and say, I'll help you. So, you know, That's you'll awesome. help me. Yeah. So it is. It is a lot of uh, I'll do you a favor if you do me a favor. But then not sure when that person's going to not do you the favor that you were supposed to get. Right. Also. So I got one last question. Yeah. What is you have a creature chasing you across that board. 
what is that thing modeled after? I'm, I'm an acquiring mind. The Abyss School is, um, it's, it's not modeled after anything really. It was an artist, you know, we, we, this artist is fantastic. He's done work for huge companies. He's awesome. We love him. Um, and we said, we want this, this, this creature that has like lots of teeth, claws, like really strong, you know, we gave him this full long page description, but we did, we wanted him to do whatever he wanted, but at the same time we had a set of criteria. Uh, so he kind of looks like, I would say almost like a Godzilla and four legs, but with like really gnarly teeth. I mean, this is really a vague description. But he does have a big tail and a long tongue and just crazy teeth and totally out of this world monster. Like an apocalypse. If you yeah. imagine a creature coming out of the apocalypse, the whole of the apocalypse, uh, that's what I would imagine it'd probably be like. Awesome. Well, we're going to wrap up top five, come back, and then we'll just wrap up the whole episode. We can do it now. Got 10 minutes. I think we could do it. Yeah, let's go for it. So, Stacey, thank you for coming by. Yes, thank you for inviting me. If people didn't remember one thing from this whole podcast, it is. It is Pledge to World's End on Kickstarter August 6th at noon and tell all your friends and just help support a Michigan slash Alpina based product. Yeah, so this is Tuesday. Um, I'm sure you'll see it on Facebook and it'll be around and we'll make sure we share it on, on the pod page as well. Um, but Kickstarter World's End and then yeah. buy the game. Yeah, yeah. If you, if you go to worldsinthboardgame.com, uh, there's a countdown timer right now, right on the top. Big countdown. Countdown to the <laughs> and then if you go if you bookmark that when the countdown timer reaches zero it, there'll be a link to go to the kickstarter so awesome well thank you for coming by thank you so much um i don't know who we have next week i know we kind of jumbled some things around so it could be preston that's what it's zane maybe zane or preston i don't know it's somewhere i think i've moved zane to the end of the month and then i think it's preston and then we got the girls and then uh, we got empowered learners slated um, so we're excited to have them on. Preston needs to get back to school. He's also doing a fundraiser for his dad. And then uh, Zane Kiffmiller, who's uh, helping his folks with Kiffmillers, but he also opens Zen Fitness Center that's in town. Um, happy to have him on. So uh, definitely a full slate for August. Yeah. And then Labor Day is always a tricky time. We'll see what, how that works out. And then, um, yeah. It'll come again. Always does. So... Thanks for coming out once again. Yeah, thanks, Nate. Oh, yeah, one last thing. I wanted to stop, but I don't need, tell me to not buy any more camera equipment. <laughs> Do not buy any more camera equipment yeah. until you know exactly what you want. Oh, I kind of know what I want. So, all right. Problem solved. Well, <laughs> yeah, <sorry. laughs> all right, thanks. See you.